0: Welcome back to the What's Your More podcast. I'm your host, Quentin Harris, and here we are for episode 85. And here it is, August 17th. This will probably release on the following Monday from today, but we've kind of entered a zone where we're going from three credit reports to two credit reports. Now, I love talking about credit reports because I realize how sensitive of a topic that is, especially for individuals that are applying for a loan, auto loan, or even a bank credit card. This is always that moment in time when you're like... are they gonna judge me? Like what what am I what are they really looking at when they see that credit score? And you know, being in the industry for 22 years, I understand and identify with that process as I've helped many borrowers throughout my tenure, and I know what that kind of feels and that impact is like during that time. And traditionally speaking, we've always operated as an industry, mortgages specifically, auto as well, on three credit reports. You have TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. Well, those have kind of been like the the, the pillars, if you may, for especially mortgage lending, how credit credit reports have been, you know, identified and pulled through those three repositories. Now, you know, those three repositories are super interesting to me because it's almost like the Wizard of Oz with those repositories. You know, there's there's really not a place you could go to, to kind of go talk to someone about your credit report at Experian or TransUnion or Equifax and good luck calling. That's just been an absolute nightmare, 1-800 number where you feel like no one really exists on there. So there's always been these conflicts of, hey, something's wrong on my credit. It's not right. Or, you know, hey, that's inaccurate. How do I get that updated? And you've always had to use these middle layers of, 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 I guess you could say, providers to get it done. People that, that compilate and get that data from those three repositories and provide, you know, lenders such as myself, when I used to do lending that credit report. So from that credit report, excuse me. So those three have been the traditional. And then FICO is another name you might hear him called before a FICO score. And FICO is the Fair Isaac Corporation, which was founded, I believe, in 1998, I believe, or maybe it was 1989. I'll get my facts right here in a minute. Looks like it was founded in 1989. So 1989. And during that time, it also would take the compilation of those, those three scores that we've talked about. And it entered and was kind of starting to be used widely in the industry. You hear people say, well, what's your FICO score? Or, you know, your FICO score is this. And that was a real popular term. And then later on in 2006, the Vantage score model came out. And what's interesting about the vantage score model is it took, you know, it went from like a a 2.0 to 3.0 to today, the 4.0 model, and it has been taking those same repositories and it's giving a more predictive scoring model that's supposed to be easier to understand and also show predictive spending habits of borrowers based on history, as well as potential defaults for future borrowers based on history. We'll get into that in a minute. But the, the title of this podcast today is we're going from three to two, three credit reports to two. And, and I say that because in in historically in the lending world, especially in the lending world, whether it's autos or mortgages, we've analyzed those three credit reports: Experian, Equifax, and TransUnion. Now we're moving towards an age where you know it's going to be more about the FICO score and the Vantage score, and we're going to start seeing that coming through at different layers. If you're into lending, you're going to start seeing that show up. And today, the the FHFA, which is the Federal Housing Financial Agency, announced that they're going to be going to those two scoring models. So you're going to start seeing over the course of the next year, year and a half, that go down to the consumer level and the consumer direct retail level as well. So I kind of wanted to use this podcast as an example to talk about what's going on in the credit model and the credit scoring system. And I'll start with the vantage score 4.0. And the reason I'm going to start with that one is, is because, you know, it has been released and it's it's been gaining some traction. And the whole concept behind the vantage model was, you know, to create an advantage for borrowers that maybe couldn't have a credit score. So let's start at the most simplistic form. There are major things that show up on your credit report, usually starting with a mortgage. Then an automobile and then your credit cards. And then if you have a home equity line, those are those are the things that typically show up on your credit report and build you a credit score. So over the, over the the history of time, you'd get those credit scores built through Experience Transunion Equifax on those foundations. But what about the people that didn't have a home, you know, that were renting, they didn't have a home on their credit report, they didn't have a mortgage. What about the people whose cars were paid for that's not on the mortgage or their commuters and they don't have that? And because of that, they weren't establishing credit scores, so therefore they couldn't get a credit card. You could kind of see how that starts to become a conundrum and you would have perfectly you know, capable borrowers, but they couldn't get a score. Um, maybe maybe they you know graduated college and didn't have any credit and they couldn't be uh, you know considered lendable because they didn't have a credit score so then we would look for ulterior trade lines is what we would call those each one of those things I'm, those I'm referring to are trade lines mortgages credit cards autos so you'd look for an ulterior trade line and then you would find a way to get that ulterior trade line uh, alternate trade line you know used in the form of underwriting typically on an FHA loan you would do that well the vantage model is now able to compile some of those, you know, and take some of those alternate trade lines and put them into a model that's a predictive score that gives that borrower a standing score day one. For example, rent payments. They now have the ability to get rent payments into the credit model. That hasn't been done before. They have the ability to get your cell phone payments. You know, if you've made your cell phone payment to your cell phone provider at AT AT&T, Well, that's that's a worthy trade line. I mean, you've been making a payment that you were contractually committed to over 12 months, you should get a credit rating for that. Um, So the ability now to take that data and create it into a scoring model is pretty impressive. You know, and their 4.0, you know, it's it's the latest one they've come up with here. And it has a feature now with those things I've just described to where they're able to provide 33 million US citizens with credit scores. Think about that, 33 million people that couldn't get credit scores before can now get those and now will have the ability to go out and apply for a mortgage. And I think that that's pretty impressive when you consider the fact that it wasn't even three years ago that maybe that couldn't happen. So that to happen now is pretty impressive. And one of the things I look at in the 4.0 you know model for me that was probably the the, the newest factor, if you may, and I think that's probably why the agencies are taking it into account, is it delivers a risk-predictive performance across the consumer products. So it's the first and only one that can actually tell you who is going to predictively default, and who's predictively going to continue making their payments on time. Now, that also is a little bit of a dangerous feature. But this is all based on historical performance by the consumer. So historically, you know, if you've done the things that you're supposed to do, you're going to get a higher credit score based on that historical model versus, you know, maybe a situation that that, you know, you couldn't make those payments and something did happen. It may not render as high a score on this, but it's gonna be able to take it from all different facets that, you know, before we weren't able to do. For example, let, let me give you an example. So you have a credit card payment and you either missed it intentionally or you missed it unintentionally, but it was a one-time mishap. Well, that 30 day late in the old pattern could really wreck your credit. It's sometimes it's hard to come back to that. Matter of fact, sometimes, it takes 12 months for that to cycle through before your credit score corrects itself because of that one mistake. That's one mistake. Well, in this new model, they would take your predictive ability to have made that payment over and over again and you had one mishap. So the model wouldn't punish you in a credit rating based on that one mishap. Does, does that make sense? You know, When you're taking a look at you know the, the older method versus this new one, it takes in that predictive pattern. And I think that's really important because now we're gonna be able to see a better system built for borrowers. I think that's been the biggest flaw of credit reports and credit reporting is what is this mythical way you're reporting this? You know, when we look at math, one plus one should equal two, right? But when it comes to consumer rating and consumer credit bureaus, there's been no formula, there's been no algorithm, and it seems you have to be a rocket scientist to, to to break down and actually explain how the credit scores are derived, right? And so it's not like you take the sum of all the trade bureaus, divide by payments, and divide by history, and you come up with a credit score. There's no there, there's no formula like that out there, is what I'm trying to say. At least with this model, it takes a predictive ability based on historical data and gives you the benefit of the doubt if you're a borrower that had that happen. Now, let's say you're a borrower that you know, you fell in hard times and you couldn't make that credit card payment at all anymore. And, you know, you had it closed and, and it turned into something bad. Well, that that's a different story, right? So it's going to have a model for that as well. But I also say that we see more of the, Of the first case scenario, then we do the latter right there. Uh, You see people that make an honest mistake; they get punished on their credit report. And you're like, "Man, that's one. That's one thing that happened that popped up there." And it's just, you know, it's really tank someone's score. The other thing is the previous models, the old school three models. It always took a snapshot in time. Um, For example, today is the 17th. If your credit got pulled today, it's going to give me what the 17th of August looks like of 2023. Now the lenders on that credit report that are reporting those trade lines, let's say you've got bank A, you've got auto company B, and you've got credit company C, they report to the credit reports on a monthly basis. But they may report, you know, bank A may report on the fifth of every month, that may be their report batch date, where they batch all the information over to the credit reports, you know, auto company B may batch on the 18th. And then, credit card company C may batch on the first of the month. Well, if you're pulling it on the 17th, I might not get the auto company's rating because they don't batch to the next day. So you're getting a snapshot at that time. With both of these rating systems, you're getting a snapshot over a six month period of time, not just that day. So you're going to get a six month model, which really kind of in that case would give you a better glimpse of that predictability that I'm speaking of. And I think that's really cool. I think it's something that's very important. And I'm glad to see that Fannie and Freddie are adapting that. And I'm, I'm glad to see that that's going to be taken to the market. Now, with FICO 10, which is you know, FICO is again Fair Isaac Corporation, uh, and, and it came out in 1998. It's probably one of the older you know model platforms, if you may. Vantage came out in 2006, but but FICO has been around forever. I mean, there's not many people you don't talk to that are doing a loan that haven't heard of FICO at some point. Well. The thing about that that I I think is interesting with them is that with FICO 10, it also takes into consideration alternate trade lines, but it actually has a little bit more, um, how can I say it, it has a little bit more depth to it than what VantageScore offers, which is why you're probably seeing the agencies incorporate both of them because they both are good in their own right. You know, one of the things that I wanted to take a look at on here was how they how they give influence to the scores. I think this is interesting because I've not been able to kind of really show this until recently and I think this is a great uh, we'll have this on our YouTube channel if you get a chance check it out and subscribe at what's your one more with the number 1 because we're going to put this on there and then also check it out on our website at 1inpodcast.com under listen we'll have the notes in there for this. But you know, this is this is the meat and potatoes of this. So if I'm looking at vantage score, here's how they consider this to be influential to your credit score. So you've got payment history. So they're extremely influential on that. That 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 means it's going to garner a bulk of the score. History. Notice it's history of the whole thing. So they always look back and that's what we were talking about earlier. Age and type of credit. So the depth of credit. We talk about that. How long have you had the account? If you had the account, you know, one year or you had it 10 years. So age and depth is important. And that kind of goes leads to that example. If you've had it for 10 years and you made one payment mistake, they're going to take that into consideration as Yeah, 99.9% of the time, you're good. And so I like that, that concept in there. And that hasn't been the case always. The percentage of credit limit used, you know, this is also the highly influential portion of the credit score. We talk about this, you know, and and I'm around a lot of people that do a lot of educating on this principle alone, because let's say you have a $10,000 credit card. And what I mean by that is you have a limit of $10,000. If you go above traditionally speaking you go above 30% so let's say $3000 balance and you carry that balance or if you pay it off but yet the credit you know credit card company batches before you pay it off you're going to see that on your credit report as a $3000 balance and that's 30% of of the actual limit well the thing about that is this You actually, in these older models, you actually get dinged a little bit if you go above that 30%. And if you get above 50%, the score starts to deteriorate because of that. And then if you get to that max limit, you know, sometimes you go over your limit, you take a significant hit to your credit report rating, your score rating. That's on the traditional older models. On these newer models, they're going to take that predictability into account and say, well, you know, this person, they may have put $5,000 on their credit card, but they pay that off monthly you know, especially for American Express users, you see them run their business through these cards and they show up on their credit report. So you get these larger amounts on there. Well, they know that you're paying that off monthly. Uh, the predictability shows that because of the historical, you know, um, uh, content that's there. So they can use that in the model. So it's, it's highly influential there. Total balances and debt. Now, this is interesting because when we say total balances, we don't talk about credit card, we're talking about mortgage balances, we're talking about auto balances, plus credit card balances. Well, and credit cards are referred to as revolving. So that could also be home equity line if you have one of those or just a line of credit in general. So all of that together gives you a total debt balance. Believe it or not, based on that total debt balance in the previous models, you actually were deemed for that, for overusage of, of, of credit is what they would call that, an and overusage of debt. And that used to carry weight in those models. In this new Vantage score, it's moderately. So they look at it but it's it's not the bulk it's not the percentage of credit limit it's not the age and type of credit and it's not the payment history and then recent credit behavior inquiries. I love this one. Do you know how many times we've had a prospective buyer go, "Oh, I want to do I want I want to see if I can get pre-approved, but please don't pull my credit. Like please don't pull my credit." And it's like, "Well, why how do you think I can do that?" It's like asking me to appraise a home and I haven't even looked at the house yet. The reality is borrowers have been programmed over the years to not to want to have their credit pulled, but one time. And that's because they have been influenced, if you may, by, you know, whoever, I don't really think it's the media in this case, I think it's maybe just an old adage of competitive, you know, uh, wisdom, they would say don't get your credit pulled, because it actually will deteriorate your score. Meaning if you have your credit pulled multiple times, it'll actually make your score go down. Now, the reality is in this new model, they're saying this has hardly any influence at all in the credit score because what they're gonna do is they're gonna give you a 45 day window to apply for mortgages and auto loans so that you can shop and get the best deal but not be punished in your credit score. Finally, that's, that is a huge win because for many years, borrowers have felt um, that is a challenge when applying and shopping around. I'm glad to see that that has been lifted and it's not going to be really in- influential on that particular bureau system. Um, and the thing is on Vantage, it's going to be 14 days. So I do see that, that yeah, that's probably why they're not giving a lot of influence to it. On FICO, it's going to be 45 days. We'll talk about that one here in a minute. And then the, av- the amount of available credit. This goes back to that balance issue I was referring to the, the the balance and percentage of credit limit that available credit. So that has that has been part of that 30 50 60 70 80% thing I was referring to. They got they're not going to give much influence in the score to that. So you're going to be getting away two of the I think two of the the biggest knocks on the credit report that we've seen over the years is going to be removed in this 4.0 model, which is great to see. Um, And when I say remove, let me back up less influence. So it's gonna have a minor amount of depth added to the score based on those things. But it's great to see um, there's a lot of improvement going on there with uh, with Vantage score 4.0. Yo, thank you so much for choosing us today. We're definitely not done with our podcast, but we are going to take a really short sponsor break and then we'll get right back to the show. I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. And the team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family and I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com. www.boemortgage.com. Because it's more than loans, it's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right, now back to the podcast. So when we jump into the FICO grouping, this one's interesting because payment history accounts for about 35% of their score. The amount you owe, the amount you owe, accounts for 30%. Um, So see, there's a big difference there. You look at the total balances and debt and available credit, not as big of a deal in that 4.0 score, but yeah, you come over to FICO, it carries 30% weight. The length of credit history... 15% weight. Well, that was one of the major ones in the previous model. And then new credit 10% history, they're not gonna really give much to that or 10% credit and then credit mix like the mix of credit, how much mix of revolving to installment do you have versus mortgages 10% mix you can see that these two models, you could argue, maybe flip flopped. But I think that's why the agency is adapting both of them that way you get the best of both worlds. And I think that that's going to be uh, that's gonna be great for the consumer. It's gonna be great going into 2024. There's a lot of benefits to both of these in there. But just, you know, keep in mind on this, that it, the exact impact of a specific category on your credit score can vary depending on your individual credit history and and the specific you know model that is being used. So I think that that's important as well. But for me as a as a lender with a history of lending i look at credit flaws that have happened over the years First stop of that credit flaw was the way medical bills and medical collections were reporting to credit agencies. It was absolutely absurd the way that that would show up, and it was absolutely absurd that oftentimes it wasn't even correct. You know, and, and the way that could just be thrown on someone's credit report and then actually tank their score and, and impact their loan and impact their rate and impact you know goes on and, on and on. Now, yes, lenders, we've all had the opportunity to do these rapid rescores and credit rescores and getting things corrected and removed. But all that's done is just put more weight on the process. It's cost the borrower more money to get that stuff corrected. Oftentimes, the borrowers are never even notified that that stuff shows up on there. Well, with this new model, those things don't even exist anymore. Like they won't even be on there. And I think that that's a huge win for the consumer and for the lenders as well, because A, it doesn't put that weight on there. The cost structure isn't being passed down to the borrower. And that's a big win for you know borrowers and lenders included in an environment where we continue to see raising cost of loans and raising cost of uh, of credit. So it's great to see that. So uh, again, tax liens and civil judgments, that's, that's important because I mean, those, those are, those are big deals, right? Those show up. And so if you have a tax lien, whether it's from the IRS, usually on your personal taxes or, or business tax show up on your credit report, that now has impact to the score right now currently in these newer models, it's going to have less weight, right? It can still have an impact, but it's going to be less impactful as far as weight's concerned. Um, Because again, let's look at it this way. If you're not familiar with how to file your taxes and how to, you know, maybe create tax shelters, or more importantly, if you're a 1099 person, and you're, you're in a new area of, of, income, maybe you didn't file those correctly, or maybe you didn't pay things correctly on there. That's a one off thing, you'll figure it out the next year, you're probably gonna go year after year after year in the hole, and you're probably gonna establish a payment plan with the IRS to get that paid back, right? Well, we understand that on the lending side, but the credit world doesn't understand that. So it's great to see that 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 adjustments being made there as well to not you know, quote unquote, hammer the borrower for that. Because the one thing about tax liens is tax liens usually get paid pretty quickly. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's the other cases that I haven't seen yet. But in our experience, those typically are getting paid pretty quickly because no one wants to be in debt to the IRS. Um, That's not a fun place to be. So, um, I will say this, I'm I'm excited about this opportunity. Um, with the new credit reporting systems, I think it's a win for the buyers, a major win for prospective buyers because you look you look at Vantage Score, you got thirty three million people now that are getting scores. And of those thirty three million, they're all over a six twenty. And why is that important? That seems to be the minimum credit score position right now for most lenders. That's a big win because now you're getting a lot of people that could be first-time home buyers, you know, into position to buy homes and into position to, uh, you know, preserving and getting better credit as they move up the ranks from the 620 on up. And the other thing is this: the the bringing together of the models. That's the other thing I want to talk about. Is that in the past you had these score variances, right? You could go from you know a score of 350 to 850, a score of you know 300 to 800. Um, a score of, you know, 350 to, to 790, the, the models weren't all on the same measuring path. Moving forward on this, it's all going to be 350 to 850. And I think that that's important because that also lends ex- uh, a consistency and accuracy, not only to the lending world, but to the consumer as well. So when you're actually comparing scores, because right now, if you're a consumer, you can go to a website you can go to Equifax.com. Um, you can go to, you know, uh, Credit Expert, Credit Karma. I mean, let's go on. If you if you have a credit card, I guarantee you can go to your credit card company's website. They'll pull your credit right in there and tell you what it is. If you have any ID theft, they, they love to pull your credit because that's how they monitor what's being, you know, uh, maybe stolen on the backside, right? So you can go to all those. It, it is almost guaranteed that none of those scores are going to match. If you pull one from any of one of those and pull it from another one, they're not gonna match. It's also guaranteed that if you go get an automobile loan and they pull your credit, it's not gonna match what the credit company's pulling. We recognize that as an industry and that's always been a problem. This model coming to market is supposed to help eliminate that problem. And I think that that is a huge win because I imagine as a customer and a future borrower, how frustrating it is when you take the tools and resources that you have from your credit card company, your ID theft, your ID protection company, you know, any of those metrics, or even just Experian.com, and you pull a credit score, you expect that score to be the same as the score that you go apply for a loan. But in today's world, that's not the case. It hasn't been the case in a long time. I believe this new model is going to add a much more credibility to what you're looking at online to when you walk in to work with a loan officer or with an F&I person on a car loan or before you apply for a credit card. I also think the co- thing that comes along with these models is the education that's going to be far greater than what you've had as a consumer before. The education pieces from both of their websites, Vantage 4.0 and FICO and FICO 10, I think the ability to learn more about what makes up your credit score Get rid of that Wizard of Oz person behind the curtain. It's going to be such a big win for the consumer because consumers have always wanted to work on understanding Their credit so that they can improve it and they can be in the best position. But there's not been any really documented resources out there. It's you have to hire a company and then you have to wonder if that company is really doing a good job to help you or are you just wasting money? You know this is this is going to be a big win and I'm very excited for the consumer and excited for the industry and I think that everyone listening to this is going to get a greater uh, understanding of what makes that credit score and get excuse me a greater understanding of how to prepare to get that score improved if you want to do that. So if you like what you're hearing, please five star review the podcast. Please share it with a friend, share it with a family member. Check us out on Apple, check us out on Spotify, Google, and on Amazon. By the way, on Spotify, it's really cool the way they've incorporated the video of the show. So you can see it as well as listen to the audio. It's almost like another version of YouTube. Speaking of YouTube, subscribe to the channel. All the show notes will be in there. You'll get a chance to see the content that we're talking about. Also at our website, you can do the same thing. Follow us on our socials at What's Your One More. Till next time, we'll catch you on the next episode of What's Your One More. I got one more shot, I'm gonna make it One more chance, I'm gonna take it I meant it when I said it, now it's time for me to do it I got one life to live, so i put them all into it, yeah